I want to have a part. This is the big, big, hairy, audacious goal. The big, crazy dream is have a part in pushing that across humanity. Mm. Like I would. That's the thing that inspires me the most of anything is being one of the mavericks, one of the front runners, one of the people that are help pushing this. I call it longevity just because it's people can grasp onto that fairly well. And but it's not so much just longer lifespan; it's more productive years of your life. We are here because we know the outcomes in our lives are within our control. That taking absolute ownership of how we eat, sleep, train, think, and connect with each other is how we'll optimize our health and happiness. That chasing excellence is how we grab hold of what is possible. Our mission is to live on the run. Always chasing. Never stop. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Chasing Excellence as we get closer to the end of 2020. Ben, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks, Pat. We are, I don't know, we're going to do something fun or terrible. We don't, we don't know yet. We're going we're gonna to try this. We're going to try a new kind of show. Um, we have shows where we, we sort of do some rapid fire stuff. We've got two minute drills. We've got three by threes. Um, but none of those are really truly random, <laughs> random questions. And we thought we'd try and we play with an, uh, with, with introducing some, some much more random type questions to the show to see what kind of conversation they start, they spark, see what kind of fun we can have with it. So that's what we're going to do today. We've got 10 questions. Some of them are truly random, uh, and some of them are sort of CrossFit yeah. fun, fun, sort of like, uh, you know, over beer type conversations. And so we've got 10 of them. We're going to share, uh, our thoughts, our answers to each one of these. You ready? Let's do it. All right. First question. What is something popular now that annoys you? I'll let you go first. All right. Uh, social media. <laughs> it just, I, I just, I mean, I'm going to throw the whole, the whole social thing? media world in one bucket. Yeah. Yep. Just gonna, I'm not, not even one specific app. Um, I just... It's it, uh, part of it. That, that part that what part of it that annoys me is how addictive it is, and the fact that I um, I use it. Yeah, that's 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 a kind of a bummer. But I just, I think that it does more harm than good, mm. and I think that's I just kind of ticks me off that it's a, such a big part of our lives, and it ticks me off even more that's even a bigger part of our our kids' lives. So. Yeah. Yeah, I might even throw like go even bigger bucket and just go technology in general. I just like <laughs> I'm not a technology guy, so but yeah, I'll, I'll 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 go social media. Narrow in on social. That's funny. That I'll, my I'll, answer go, is... I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. If I want to go even more narrow, I'll go TikTok. Like, what oh, the man. hell is TikTok? You and I clearly get along because my answer was going to be. First, my first initial thought was TikTok, even though I don't really understand it and I've never been on it. I, generally speaking. It's annoying, but then I really started to think about what a, what about TikTok? What about social is really annoying to me. And the thing that popped into my head was I keep seeing it is couples trying to go viral by being funny together, right? Like doing this <laughs> little skit or being cute, or it's just and it's, I just I like I I just try to imagine the conversation between like, hey, honey, you you want to try to go viral on TikTok today? <laughs> And like the answer Maybe to that is yes. Even, yeah, that whole like I'll, I'll it's like anyone trying to go viral. Period. Yes. Like that, that the amount of effort put into trying to like that that kind of bugs me. It's like like let's spend twelve hours trying to throw a ping pong ball off nine <laughs> different ricochets into yes. a solo cup. Yes. What's yeah. worse, those people are the people who only spend time watching those things. Those people doing that. 
What's more annoying? Uh, I don't know the answer to that. The, well, if the people are, if the people only spend time doing that, that yeah. would be really bad because yeah. so they do nothing else. So <laughs> that would be worse. <laughs> All right. So we both agree. Social and or TikTok is the is something popular that annoys both of us, which makes just makes us sound like old men, but that's fine. That's all right. Uh, next question. What pro athlete from outside of CrossFit would you want to coach? I will go first. All right. And I have, I have go, no idea. <laughs> That's I'm your answer? I have no idea. Because here's the thing. It's probably been 10 years since I paid any attention to pro sports with any real regularity. Which is crazy because growing up, I yeah. it was literally my obsession was – Pro basketball, pro baseball. Yeah, right. And it's so strange to me to think that at some point that just stopped. Okay, so these questions are basically just going to be justification to prove how old we are. <laughs> so far, mine yeah. is mine is about the same. Mine has the same kind of like same categories. I don't know any current real athletes, like so. I'm going to go with historical ones. So mm-hmm. actually, the first one I would pick. Uh, would be Bruce Lee. Hmm. Bruce Lee would be like the uh, that would be just dope. Just also just because I could just sit there and listen to him philosophize all the time, and yeah. I would learn as much from him. Yeah. But um, the athleticism and the relative body strength and uh, that would be so cool. Um, another cool one would be uh, Bodie Miller, the mm, skier, Olympic right? skier. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so the reason I, I go to him is there used to be this thing before CrossFit that was remember like CBS's Wild World of Sports. Like they yeah. take sportsmen's challenges and they take people from the NBA and the NFL and random sports and they put them through the random tests. And some of the tests would be like bench press, another would be obstacle course, another would be a run a mile, next would be like a tug of war. Bodie Miller won that, beating out all these other like wide receiver, like Pro Bowl wide receivers. Mm. Um all-star NBA players for like three or four years in a row. Um, he was just so athletic and like 10 components of fitness, like had it really, really well. So I'm also a skier. So that would also mm-hmm. just be fun to kind of like sit down and chat with him about stuff. So yeah, I, I go with those or if I wanted to like get like a next potential winner, I pick like some sort of uh, like halfback mm-hmm. or um, defensive back from the NFL, like a five, nine, five, eight, um, halfback running back from the NFL and just work on building endurance. Cause they have so much athleticism, strength and power, just build some skills and stretch them out. And, mm-hmm. um, that would be fun, but no one in particular, like an Adrian Peterson type type athlete in his prime. Might also be fun to take like a, it's probably uh, more likely sort of in the older days, but take like an out of shape baseball player who is still good at baseball and see what would happen if you actually, you know, the classic would be like Babe Ruth, take him and actually, you know, make him a good athlete and then see what he could do with, with the, with the sports specific skills that he clearly had. Right. And combine those two things. Oh, so you're saying like take somebody that's phenomenal at their sport that is not quote unquote fit, yeah, that, make that, them really fit, and yeah. then put them back in their sport. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was thinking of this in terms of like the athlete comes out of their sport mm. and comes into ours. Oh, yep, yep. That'd be fun too. That's yeah. the way I was looking at that. No, I was I was just thinking about how, right. you know taking taking a an athlete in a sport that maybe didn't right. demand or oh, classically yeah. like golf would be a great example. Like I think one of the things that Tiger Woods did, um, not only obviously being as as good as he was in the sport, but he also introduced the idea of being 
of fitness and being strong as being an yeah. element of golf that could help you be a better golfer. And I think you see a lot of golfers now who had come up growing, you know, growing up watching him play. That's kind of normal now. But go back and take Jack Nicholas and give him a barbell or right. what, you know, whatever, and see, uh, and see what he could have done if he was a stronger athlete, not only just a, uh, a technically skilled athlete. Yeah, right. Or, or someone like Ben Roethlisberger, mm. who's really good, but just like he's out of shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next question. What is the craziest, most, most outrageous thing that you want to achieve? Oh, I'm going first? Yeah, you go first. Yeah, I want to... I want to be a part of improving the human... Not lifespan, but life play. Mm. Like, I want to be able to... If our um, average lifespan is whatever it is, depending on where you live, but let's call it 80 years old, I'm not so interested in moving that to 90 or 95, but taking the average um, – so our mission at CrossFit New England is to create a family of humble, hungry, happy people who kick ass in their 90s. Mm-hmm. I want to help people like kick ass longer and not just on a small scale like the few hundred members we have at CF&E. I want to have a part, this is the big, big, hairy, audacious goal, the big, crazy dream, is have a part in pushing that across humanity. Mm. Like I would, that's the thing that inspires me the most of anything, is being one of the mavericks, one of the front runners, one of the people that are help pushing this, I call it longevity just because it's, people can grasp onto that fairly well, and t- but it's not so much just longer lifespan, it's more productive years of your life. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I, th- I don't think it's out of the reach. I think it's within our grasp. And um, yeah, that's the big, crazy, hairy audacious goal that gets me pumped. Mm. How, much of, how much of that, uh, uh, I have sort of an answer, but I'm curious, how much of that goal mission is the mission that you imagine CrossFit, you know, on, a, on the, the big stage, CrossFit HQ, CrossFit as a yep. movement is on or how much or how much of it is something about how you see your role within CrossFit or your usage of CrossFit or how CrossFit New England delivers it, if that's the right way. Like do you do you see those things being separate or are they kind of the same thing? You know, like CrossFit New England's mine and I'm gonna to try to push that. There's certainly overlap, but um, I'm uh, there's um, I think there's a unique play and position that I'd like to push it towards it. Hmm. Um, which is more of a 360 degree all inclusive um, health play. Whereas CrossFit is obviously mostly highly invested into the training aspect of things. It's CrossFit. It's yep. fitness. Um, now fitness is how you define it. it helps kind of like, um, describe their avenues and their play and the direction that they're going. But I would like to take a, uh, a different approach, a much more holistic 360 degree approach of, um, it does, Training would have a piece of that, but mm-hmm. it's only to me like the training aspect of the gym is twenty yeah. percent. Tops, tops, tops. It's probably closer to fifteen percent. Um, so I would like to take a more all-inclusive approach to to making this thing happen. Yeah, yeah. And people have listened to the podcast. It's not like a, it's not a mystery to like what those things are. Yeah. It's yeah. our five factors and kind of. Um, I, I'm just so. Uh, 
confident, if that's the right word, I don't know, that those factors influence the our our lives. Mm-hmm. So, and that you'd be able uh, to, was it, and that you'd be able to to help bring people the tools necessary to tackle all five of them, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. and with uh, um, the tools together in a single deliverable. Mm-hmm. So right now, if you want to get the best of those things, you got to go to the best of all these different things. Yeah. So what, you know, like imagine if the way I say it is like, imagine if, um, you know, you got to like people go to these retreats, right. And they go to like, there's a place in Western mass called, I think it's Canyon ranch mm. where you go there and you eat perfectly like organic farm raised. It's like cooked perfectly. Um, so the nutrition is dialed. It's so low stress and you're getting body work done and you're mm. meditating and you're living like your perfect lifestyle in that. But it's the problem is it's an artificial environment. You're mm-hmm. going there yep. to spend those two, three, five days there. The goal is, can you bring that to become the norm? That's, that's really hard, right? That's really hard because you have traffic jams, you have pollution, you have um, meetings to get to, you have a fight with your your spouse or your siblings, you have so many other things that are um, interplaying. That's why it's the challenge. That's why it's yeah. the big thing that I'd love to kind yep. of yep. make happen. What What's your take on this? What's the thing that you're chasing? Yeah, so – you know, when I first think about this question, one of the things that it's actually relatively recent that I've started thinking about it. Um, and actually, you know, this, this kind of a, maybe a foreshadow to a future episode, but we're both, uh, reading a book called the art of art of impossible by Stephen Collar. Stephen's going to be on the show in beginning of January. And one of the things he talks about, and he talks about it in different books is this idea of a, a massively transformative purpose. And I think that's how he, how he phrases it or what he calls it. And basically, it's it's similar to that idea that you that you had mentioned, big, hairy, audacious goal, which I think is like a Jim Jim Collins good to great yep. type phrase, right? right? And it's one of the things that I, I think the thing that I've realized recently is that I actually struggle with coming up with those kind of big, audacious. Like I'm, I'm I consider myself a really ambitious person, but I still at the same time struggle to imagine or to conceptualize that that giant, maybe unreachable but worthy of pursuing type of goal. And I think that I think that that's something that go, you know going forward I'm going to try to figure out how to work on because I think it's I think that there's a lot of self limiting beliefs there that that lead to being un, unable to imagine <laughs> what that kind of that you know that crazy big outrageous thing you want to achieve. But I will say that if if I were to look kind of internally, maybe not so much like like we had talked about with you, like what is the impact you're going to have, which I think for me is is a bit of a challenge. But for me internally, the thing that feels still kind of crazy and outrageous is just to continue to try to build a life where I have what I consider to be project independence, which is just my way of saying, like, I want to be able to always pursue opportunities with people who I want to pursue opportunities with, irrespective of, well, can I afford to do that? Do I have the time to do that? Is that, is that safe? Do, you know, what am I going to, what, what risk, you know, obviously you want to mitigate risks, but, but just the idea of like, if you and I were to, you know, come up with, Hey, do you want to go try to do this thing? Like, I don't want, I don't want like, Oh, I don't have time to do that. I don't have the space to, to 
be creative in that way. Um, and it's something that to me feels really audacious and really crazy to just continue to build a life that, uh, allows for that kind of thinking and that kind of, uh, those kinds of pursuits. That doesn't sound like you're that far off from mm. creating. I mean, like you want to, you want to live a life of independence, a life mm-hmm. on your terms. Yeah. And, and one of, one of creativity, I think is also a big part of it is I think that, I think it's really easy to, to say no to opportunities because, um, they, they don't, because it feels unsafe to do so. But I think that that's where, that's where things get interesting is where you can find the, 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 the blend of safe, but not safe, right. Safe, but not guaranteed, I think is, is an interesting place to live. And I think that we often, don't allow ourselves to build that kind of life. And I think that that's just, it's always been really intriguing to me. I think you got one. I, think <laughs> I don't think you're as far off as you think you are. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. I, I, I've enjoyed reading uh, Art of Impossible, though. Yes. It's cool. As, I'm, as, I'm psyched to it. Yeah, I can't wait to yeah. talk to um, Stephen. Okay, move on to the next one. This is a CrossFit-focused one. If you could go on a four-hour car, car ride with any CrossFit flow master... Uh, who would you choose? And just for folks who maybe don't know that term, Flowmasters are the 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 level ones, at least at, at the level ones, that the um, the kind of the head trainers at the level ones, right? The the um, the folks who are kind of running the show there. The lead. Uh, right, so you, you go, go first. first on that one? Go, I yeah. Yeah, you go first. Yeah. So I don't know if he's still doing this, and I, I wish I did because he's awesome. I just don't know. I haven't been able to track partly because he's not on social media, so I don't. I can't. I can't stalk him on it. But Todd Widman, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Do you remember yeah. Todd? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Big Todd. Yeah. Yeah, man. I haven't. I haven't talked to him in years and years and years. Um, back when I was at again faster and doing some film, doing a lot of filming, I ran into him a handful of times and got to interview him, and he just always struck me as just like. The kind of guy who you just want to, to just like hang out with and and listen to and and cool. learn from. Um, and so whatever he's doing now, I, I hope he's obviously doing well. I, th- I think he was still involved in CrossFit in some way. I just don't know that he's Flowmaster anymore. Yeah, that's a that's a great one. Todd's a good guy. Um, all right, I would go with Pat Sherwood. I think mm-hmm. that um, so Pat is um, same type of thing. You could just, he's a guy that you could sit and listen to forever. Yep. Uh, he's got a great. Uh, tonality, if you want to say that, like he just is a, he's a really uh, great guy to listen to, and he's yeah. funny as hell. Uh, he would be a super fun guy to spend four hours in a car with. So, yeah. um, he's a smart dude. So you yep. you you know learn, have fun, bro out, and he's he's been there, done that. He's done like the the motorcycle rides to yeah. whatever is a, a down to South South America, South America yeah. and. Yep. So adventurous as well. Yeah, I was actually gonna. I was gonna suggest because you can, you can, you and can. He's kind like of a guy's guy, kind of yeah. like he's a guy. Like he would like if a car broke down, he could fix it, <laughs> which I which I could not. Yeah, me neither. But you can. He's got. Um, I think they did a couple series, but he and Ian, a mutual friend, Ian, um, when they were both at CrossFit HQ, filmed a whole series of taking a motorcycle trip down to uh, South America. So you can actually get like at least a glimpse of what it would be like to to go on a long car ride with Pat Sherwood, because um, there's a whole there's a whole video series on it. Um, okay, cool. Uh, next question: If you had a heads up display that showed three stats about any person you looked at, what three stats would you want it to show? You that's first. just a cool concept. That's yeah. just that's just cool. Okay, so what you're saying is like everyone walking down the street has like basically a sign above their head that displays basically, three yeah. things. 
Yeah. All right. The first one I want to know is um, how honest they are. Hmm. Um, so right away, like that's just so to me, cause it, it takes a long time to trust people. And I think trust is the number one thing that you can have a relationship. So if the person's not trustworthy, like I'm passing right by, if their trust <laughs> level is whatever it is, like yep. a plus or a hundred, or it's like very, very, very good or whatever, like that's somebody worth investing in a relationship with. So that would be the first one. Um, the next one would be something like, uh, how, caring are they? Like how much would they, um, how much do they care about other people? Because if you're really honest, but you're super selfish, that's not really, I'm not going to like, I, I, I wouldn't want to spend much time investing in that relationship either. Mm-hmm. And then the third one would be, um, like they're, EQ, they're people smarts. Basically, like how fun, how engaging would be they are they to be around. I'm talking, mm-hmm. the, I'm taking this from the perspective of like strangers that I might want to meet. It's like I'm at yep. a cocktail party, and yep. that's so weird. I've I don't, I've never been to a cocktail party, <laughs> but like, but like, I, it, like that's what I'm thinking. Not like what's above my wife's head and what's above my kids' heads. Yep. Um, but this is like. For me to engage with strangers, I would, those are three things, and they're all probably different shades of the same thing. But honesty, um, people smarts or emotional uh, emotional intelligence, and how much empathy or caring or mm-hmm. um, selflessness. Mm-hmm. That's what I would go with. That's interesting. I, I, I definitely, I didn't, you know, when I see that question, I don't think about those kinds of things because the things that popped into my head were things like, um, how much sleep did they get last night? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And uh, and I don't know why this one, but but how many books have they read this year? Like thing, things uh-huh. that would get things that would tell me. I don't know. What exactly does that tell what, you about somebody? Well, the sleep thing I think is helpful. I think it's useful to know if somebody's exhausted, or overtired, or or not, because most most of us respond poorly to being underslept, even though we don't, we can't often tell. So it'd be interesting to go into a meeting and, you know, you look at somebody and say, okay, they only slept four hours last night. Um, I don't know. I just feel like that would be an interesting fact to have. Um, books tell me, so you know, like whoop, whoop, you can actually do it with your friends. Like I have a friend. You can I, do I that. Make, oh, like, that's little interesting. oh yeah. Like I wake up in the morning. I see how much Catherine slept last night. I see how much Amanda Barnhart slept last night. Yeah. I see how much, um, my wife Heather slept last night. You can, yeah. that's, that's a, that's available. Yeah, but to me, we can do that, Patrick. (laughs) It would just be interesting to me because it would be helpful to know. Like, I just think about all the like. I guess you know, pandemic times, everything's a little different. But it would be helpful to know, like, maybe the the checkout girl at the grocery store is grumpy because she just got three hours of sleep last night, and maybe you shouldn't take it personally, right? Or or you know, whatever, whatever. Oh, I know where this is coming from. This is coming from a a dad with two young kids. (laughs) There it is. Yeah, maybe yeah, you I, want I, other I, people to know. You want other people to know why you're grumpy. No, I'm That's never. What it actually I'm is. never grumpy, nor do I leave the house very often. Um, <laughs> there you go. But maybe that is why sleep is so is is on my mind. Is because yeah, that yeah. I do think about sleep a lot. And um, you know, something like books would tell me just how engaged somebody is in the world. Um, how many minutes they spend on social media? That would be kind of interesting. <laughs> you know, just I don't know that these are useful facts. I just I would just kind yeah. of be interested. To, I think it says a lot about a person when when 
you know, how if they read books, if you know how if they spend a lot of time on social media, if, you know, things like that. I think it just, it gives you an, a sense of who they are or where their, their priorities are. And I think you can make, now I guess you can make judgments, but you can make judgments on them by that. All right, so what's the judgment you'd be laying if somebody did or did not spend a lot of time on social media? I would probably, you know, if somebody spent a lot of time on social media, I would probably... Uh, I would probably assume that they're not living a very uh, purpose-filled life. Huh. I think social media, somebody who spends a lot of, and obviously I'm judging strangers now, yeah. which is always dangerous, but I think social media is really good when, uh, you, as an escape from realizing that you're not that satisfied with your life. And I think that if you see somebody who spends a lot of time on social media, they're probably hiding to some degree. They're hiding from the recognition that things aren't going well. It sounds a lot like social media is the new alcohol. Yeah. I mean, is that like, like 10, 20 years ago? Is that the yeah. same yeah. answer somebody would have given to How many drinks you had last like, night? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because they're not fulfilled. They have other issues. They're trying to find escape somewhere else. Like, yep. Whoa. Whoa. The reason I asked that is because someone like Catherine spends a ton of time on social media. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but she has a social media. It's essentially her personal brand and her business. It's her earning potential all comes yeah. through that platform. Yep. So if you saw the sign above hers, it would say like a ton of time or whatever that is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, whereas other people <laughs> might not be spending half as much, but not be quite as fulfilled as her. And yeah. I wonder if it is a, um, it's, it's a, it, it's an interesting debate for sure. Mm. And it, you, have you, have you watched, have we talked about it on here, the, the movie social dilemma? No, I don't think we've talked about it. I've seen it. Yeah. Oh my, yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Yep. Which it's gets back watching. to the first question. Yeah. yeah that you absolutely. asked, like, that's why social media pisses me off so much. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's because they're so good at what they do, and what they do is not helpful. Right. Okay, we're going to move on. We'll, uh, another CrossFit-related uh, question. Who is the most underrated CrossFit athlete, uh, CrossFit Games athlete currently competing, and how about ever? So kind of a two-part question. Is it me or you first? I think I, I, think I go first that time. So I'm going to say go the most it. underrated ever is maybe Chris Clever. Ah, that's a good she was one. old school, and she was so good and so dominant, but yes. it was just right before the period where the CrossFit Games really popped. And so it kind of yeah. like she was quickly forgotten, I think. And I think, honestly, not to be kind of cynical about it, but she also didn't really, like, she wasn't, she didn't really make for the, for the classic, um, she, she wasn't Annie, right? She wasn't tall and blonde and from, you know, from, from Iceland. And I think that because of that, she didn't get a lot of the sponsorship and she didn't get a lot of the video and all of the, like yeah. all the things that happen when you, it just so happens that you're really good. And also you look like Annie. Right. And I think that, I think the combination of those two things, she was just, I think forgotten a lot quicker than if she had been as good as she was in, let's just say, 2012 and 13 versus 10 and 11, which I'm, I'm kind of guessing, um, was, was when she was really dominant. Yeah. 
Cool. I like that. I like that error. And that's a great answer. Um, I told you it was when she was dominant. She was dominant. Um, yeah. She was so good. Um, I'll throw a couple of throwbacks out there and I'll give mm-hmm. you my most current. I think underrated historically, um, Tommy Hackenbrook mm, yep. and, and Graham Holmberg. Mm, um, interesting. Those two guys. Um, so Graham won the games. Yeah. Uh, only got to beat Rich Froning. And people are like, oh, whatever. It's just like he was – he. Graham was legit. He was yeah. so well-rounded. He defined like, um, like the, the the no real wheelhouses kind of just flew under the radar. And same thing, never got any of this like, you know. Maybe it's it's part of the nature of where the sport was and the media was, yep. and nobody really got it until the Rich Froning and the Annie Annie era. Yep. You know that like that 2012 when the sport really started to take off. Um, and then Tommy Hackenbrook was just, I think, always incredibly underrated. He was a beast. He was a man's man. Um, um, such a good dude. And, uh, been on the podium um, and phenomenal. The other one I'd say is probably like Miko Salo, mm. like uh, historically. Like Miko, again, another champion that had he not been injured, I think would have been a, a threat for a very long time. Um, like I think he would have been on the podium for years and probably have won another one or two CrossFit mm. games. But I'll say that the most, I think the most underrated CrossFit athlete is, is ever is currently in our sport. Mm. And, and I think that's BKG. Mm, that's a good uh, call. Beyond Carl Goodmanson um, has finished minus this year and the weirdness of what this year was. I think he's finished. I should have checked this before this, but my recollection is that he's finished somewhere like in the top five guys for the last five years in a row with multiple podium appearances. Mm-hmm. Yet no one, he's on no one's short list of really, really top CrossFitters. Yep. He is, um, I think by far in a way, the most under, I think he's probably, he is from Iceland, but he's not a female. So he does get lumped into the mm. Katrin, yep. and Annie and Sarah categories. Um, I think he's the most underrated CrossFit athlete of all time. Yeah. What do you think makes an athlete underrated? Is it like what, like if you had to pinpoint why, like I even think about Pat Vellner, I think he's underrated, even though of course he's, you know, maybe not as underrated as BKG, but like, what, like, is it just like, there's a lack of flash to them. There's a lack of, uh, I don't know, emotion, energy, like there's a lack uh, of con- some kind of hook where you're like, okay, that's who that person is and that makes them interesting to watch or to think about. Like, what do you think makes no, I, them underrated? I think it's, uh, I think it's how they're, I don't think it's flash or um, hook or, um, I don't think it's any of those things because I, I truly think it's just the, the, the uniqueness and the strangeness of where they finish. So BKG is like always just there, but never like there. Like yep. had BKG had BKG won two years in a row, um, he'd be in everyone's discussion every single year. Yep. Even if he, even if he was, um, like pushing Matt one year, like Noah did. Like he, he was just watch. So I also don't put Pat Vellner in that category either, because if you watch games documentaries. Mm-hmm. It's all about Noah. It's all yep. about Pat. It's all about Brent. It's all about Matt. Have you seen anything ever with BKG in it? Yeah. Like, so to me, it's like where you're, how good can you finish without getting recognized is yeah. the, 
is the thing. And the way recognize is honestly, it's just literally like, where are you in the entire story of every single year? Because if you're wearing the white leaders jersey up until Sunday, but then you end up in ninth place for some reason, you're not gonna be underrated mm-hmm. <laughs> at all because mm-hmm. you're there, you're there, you're in the contention all the time. BKG is never quite in contention for the title, but he's always in contention for the podium. Yep, that's a good point. All right, we're going to move on to the next question. What is the most boring sport, and what would you do to make it more exciting? Uh, is it uh, me first or you first? I, I think I, I go first. first. On, You're first. I think I go first on this one. Uh, um, all right, so a few things that pop into mind. Um, super long-distance running. Just like super boring. Like, is there anything more boring to watch? Because you don't need to watch it for <laughs> an hour at a time and nothing yep. happens. Yep. So it's like, it, that's just super how do you, how boring. How do you define super long? Like, like 100, 50 to 100 miles. miles. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yes. Like you're going to do a hundred mile race, like um, watching that. So spectating, like boring. I, I'm telling you this from a spectator standpoint, yep. really, really boring. The next one, I it's just kind of picking on it because is it really a sport is curling? Like mm. where you shuffle discs across ice, like ah, that's really <laughs> boring. Yet there's something about it that during the Olympics I watch yeah. it, yep. maybe because it's on. <laughs> um, so I, I I don't know. I kind of lean towards those two things. Now I I, I watch both of them, so it's kind of mm. weird. But maybe it's why I'm thinking about because it it's at the forefront of my mind. Um, what would make it more exciting? The curling one. I don't know. Maybe if uh, other team was allowed to play defense and <laughs> yep. you could check, and it'd be called hockey. <laughs> uh, the super long distance running. I don't know. Maybe it's not long distance. Maybe it takes ten seconds, and it's called the hundred meter dash. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Maybe, or it's, it's called stage racing, where it's every every. Um, it's a couple hours. It's something yep. different. Now they're kayaking. Now they're rock climbing. Now yeah. they're whatever, something else. So, yeah. Yeah. This question is tough because by, by virtue of changing it, you've probably just changed the very nature the of sport. the sport. So yeah. it's like you, you kind of defeat yeah. the purpose. My answer though, I've, you know, I've got a couple, I think the first one though. And the one that the first answer that popped into my head was anything to do with car racing, anything to do with racing vehicles. Oh my God. So my dad's a car racer. Like my dad really? races cars. So he's going to, yeah, he's going to come for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially anything so I, because I grew just up with go it, around I find in circles. It exciting. Really? I, I find it exciting because I, yeah. so maybe it's also like how little you understand about it because mm-hmm. I'm not knocking you on that. No, Cause no. as you were saying that, I was like, to me, actually the number one thing would probably be like, um, synchronized swimming. Mm-hmm. Like, Synchronized swimming does nothing for me, like, like, other than like the impressiveness of them holding their breath and stuff. But I have no idea. I don't even know what the the rules are or anything. So mm. okay, but car racing, yeah, good one. Yeah, I don't know how I would make it more interesting or more exciting though. Well, you just have more crashes. The crashes, <laughs> I guess so. So you make it, you make it more less crashes. Safe. And basically, yeah. any sport to make it more interesting, you make it less safe. <laughs> <laughs> Period. You bring back f- fighting in hockey. You, you, you like make the track more dangerous yeah. and yeah. race car driving. I'll also say, and you know, I'll also say that, I, if, and I'm sure that you have, and I'm sure that a lot of folks have, but actually being at a weightlifting event 
is mind numbing. It's oh. fun. It's fun in like so, in snippets and highlights, yeah. it's a, and especially because you understand, or if you understand it. But being there just makes me want to smash my head against. Yeah. Wall. So actually, um, I heard a rumor that weightlifting might not be in the next Olympics I heard because that too, of that. Yeah. So that's a really good one, actually. Weightlifting. So how would you make it more exciting? You make it CrossFit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, or I mean, not even CrossFit, but the the weightlifting style events inside of CrossFit, mm-hmm. right? Where it's yeah. all the athletes on the platform together yeah. at the same time. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Go yep. up and like. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Pat. Yeah, that's I, a really there, good one. There is the only the you know the the most interesting part again, just from a spectator's perspective of weightlifting is the weightlifter's ability to kind of play games with each other by saying, by, by going up a kilo and that bumps them down and the other guy's got to go first now and somehow bringing that more forward and more part of the experience of watching it. Like, Oh, I can't believe he just did that. Making that more obvious and more central, I think would make it more exciting. The other thing would make it more exciting too is um, letting people know, where the athlete is relative to their own their, yep. best, yep. like how they work under pressure. Yep. Right. So the first attempts, if somebody's lifting, you know, um, thirty kilos underneath their their PR, like yeah, that's not very exciting. Mm-hmm. But if you know, like li- attempt number two is their PR, like ooh, like how does this person perform under pressure? That's kind of cool. Yep. Yeah, All that's right. a good one. I'll go with your answer. Yes, weightlifting. Next question. What is legal now, but probably won't be in 25 years? Um, The, like, Alexa listening in thing. Mm. Smart speakers and and, and whatnot. Yeah, right. Interesting. So I'm not going to say it's going to be illegal, but it's going to be regulated Mm. somehow. You have to give, like, you have to... It has to be more forthright that you're giving consent, yeah. like that type of thing. And like they don't have access to everything. Yeah. I don't even know how this thing works, but that to me seems kind of weird, invasion of privacy-ish yeah. stuff. I'd also say kind of like having watched Social Dilemma, some of that like the way they hack our neurology, the way mm. that they create – I think that's going to be regulated just the way that <clears throat> other addictive substances are from gambling – you know, maybe you have to be 18 to get on social media, like that type yep. of thing. Yep. Um, I think that um, that sort of technology play totally, because we're in the wild, wild west right now. It's just being created. Yep. Yep. And there is no regulations. They didn't even know it's supposed to be something that was supposed to be regulated. So yep. something in terms of that, whether it's the listening in or uh, them um, playing on the addictive nature of it. Yep. Um, yeah, I think when I think about that, I think that the thing that will be illegal in 25 years is going to be driving. Ah, I yeah, I agree that. I, I didn't think of that as illegal. I think driving is going to be gone, though. I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, it's I cool. Think that, I think that yeah. once the technology gets better and we recognize that it's the humans causing all the problems, then we'll start to, yeah. we'll start to regulate to the point where it's actually safe. Yeah. yeah. Safe, eco-friendly, yeah. all of that. Yeah. Much faster. Yeah. Yes. No traffic. Yeah. And you can go up at much higher speeds if there aren't any yes. humans involved, right? Mm. Yep. Next question. What is the biggest realization you've recently had about yourself? Uh, that I'm not a very good manager. Hmm. Interesting. 
I actually had a conversation in the last meeting I just had. Uh, it's just not a strong suit of mine at all. Mm. I'm, I'm, I consider myself a fairly adept leader, but not manager. Mm. And the difference between that is a manager is responsible for uh, making sure that boxes get checked, X's yep. and O's are happening. It's the uh, assembly line workers are all showing up on time, putting the widgets together in the right way. There's a quality control to it. Um, it is taking the human aspect out of it completely and it's just the the systems framework and the and structure and systems. Yeah. yeah. So I hate details. I'm, I just hate details. You know this yeah. as well as anybody. Yeah. I love big picture and because I love big picture, it 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 lends very well to the leadership side of aspect, which is yeah. building Vision. the human aspect and um, making people better people and um, working through problems, um, um, creating a that's the stuff that I, I do a lot better with, creating a culture, a very, you know, an environment, um, working through ideas into reality. Like that's the stuff that I kind of thrive in. And I, I, I've always known that I've disliked it, but I haven't realized I wasn't good at managing. And mm. that's a realization I had over the last couple of weeks um, mm. that I am not a strong manager at all. And that's interesting. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say now that I, now that that realization has happened, it's not a negative. It's a great thing that you can yeah. real, that I can realize it because now I I know how to um, work through around or with someone else to make sure that that's not a hole. Yeah, I was gonna ask. I was surprised that you, that it was maybe a, a realization for the last couple of weeks because my my question was gonna be if that was at least in part. You're like, you've been a shitty manager forever. How's it taking <laughs> no, no, this no, long no. time? I was gonna ask you if that if that if that realization was part of the reason that you brought in a, a CEO at Comtrain. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. So that's that's. I knew I was bad at the, the. I knew I didn't like the details. Maybe that's a realization. Yeah. Um, I knew I didn't like it. I didn't realize I was bad at it. That's oh, the interesting. Difference. Yep. That's yep. That's an, um, that's an important. I really realized I'm bad at this. I'm not good at this. I just thought like I didn't like it. Mm. So because I didn't like it, I'd rather have somebody else do it. Enter CEO. That type yep. of thing. Yep. What I've realized is it's not just uh, it's a, I, as I said I'm I'm not good at that. It's not mm. a skill set of mine. Mm. Interesting. So even if I even if I liked it, I still wouldn't be good at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, I think for me, one of the you know I hinted at it a little bit. I think a handful of things. The end of the year always ends up being like I end up spending a lot of time staring out the window <laughs> and thinking, and so it tends to be a good time for realizations and planning and 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 um, all those things. So I hinted a little bit at the the recognition of um, my ambition, but my my lack of of Mm. skill at be at thinking ambitiously. I think that's part of it. And related to it is, is one that I've been thinking about a lot. I've, I've thought for a long time and I've acted for a long time that like what I want mostly is like full autonomy. I want to work independently. I don't want to, I don't want to work too often with too many people. Cause that, that slows me down and that whatever. But one of the things I've been thinking about a lot is like, I think actually if, if I've been slowed down by anything, it's been my resistance to find partners, to find people to work with, to find people to, to complement my skills and help me build things that are bigger and better and more ambitious by virtue of having other 
other people and other visions and other hands in the project. And so I, I think just for me, like the realization was like, maybe my goal, maybe my, 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 what I should be focused on is not like, what can I build by myself? What can I do solo? But like, where can I find one, two, three other people who might bring in a different skill set, bring in a different perspective. And then together we build some things, you know, to, um, yeah. you know, going forward. So I think for me, that's a little bit of a shift because I've, I've been resistant to it up until recently. And now I'm starting to think about like, well, what could I build? What could I do if I had somebody else, if I have other people, if I built a team around some of these ideas? So it's really, I, I, I commend you for the idea, the, the part where you said like, I spent a lot of time staring out the window. Like that's awesome. Mm. That's really cool. Like that's um, creating that space, creating that solitude, creating the gap, creating the silence, yep. um, the stillness. That's where a lot happens. And for someone as creative as you are, it's it's um, kudos to you for being able to realize the importance of that, and then it being able to. Um, this sounds weird, but like execute on nothingness. Like yeah. <laughs> you have to, you have to do nothing on purpose. Yes, hundred percent. Because if you do nothing by, it's not on purpose. It's not nothing. Yep. It's ends up being social media. It ends up being watching crappy TV. It ends yeah. up um, scattered thoughts. So that's really cool. The second part is I I don't want to brush over where you said um, you're struggling with you don't have the skill to think big and that's mm. like or, um wh- and then you because and then what you just then the next <laughs> sentence out of your mouth was exactly an incredibly well-defined big yeah like you know exactly what you're chasing mm-hmm. it just doesn't fit in the nice pigeonholes that society's created for Maybe. us yeah. which is i want to be ceo of a company i want to yeah. start a i want to start a um, a non-profit i want to um Maybe own an island I w- yeah. yeah i right i want to um have a uh, hundred thousand followers like because it doesn't fit somebody else's definition doesn't mean it's not good or the right one mm-hmm. and then to compound where you are with that the the more that you knock yourself for not having found it and you continue in trying to search it the less you cuz you've already found it you don't even know it mm-hmm. cuz you're like that's not it i got to keep finding it and the more you try to find it the less likely you are to find it mm-hmm. it's like someone telling you like um, Patrick, let's have a lot of fun and let's laugh right now. You <laughs> yeah, you, right. Totally. You, well, you just did. That's great. So yeah. that's but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but again, only, yeah. you can't you can't force joy. You can't force laughter. You can't force happiness. And the people that are searching for happiness are the least likely to find it. Mm-hmm. And what you need to do instead is um, open your heart to anything and let it come to you. So if you open your heart to anything, all of a sudden you go like, oh, this is why this is my passion. This is my pursuit. This is mm-hmm. what fulfills me. This is what I was put on earth to do. And if it changes next week, cool, no big mm-hmm. deal. But for right now, this is the North Star. Mm-hmm. And you certainly have, to me, I mean, the way you defined it two or three times already yeah. in this conversation, that is what you want. So I would um, lean into it, not... Uh, not resist it. Um, not resist it. Yeah, that's the right yeah. way to say that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Last question we have. What male and female CrossFit Games athlete would you choose to be on your zombie apocalypse team? 
All right, you're first on this one. <laughs> um, I will uh, I will say male first, uh, and I will go on Matt Fraser, not for the obvious reason, but because he's so damn smart. And I think that he would, uh, uh, I think not only does he have the brawn, that would be very helpful, but he's also got the brain. Um, and so I would, I would happily, uh, <laughs> I would happily follow his lead when the, when the zombies come. Um, I think for the female, I think, I think I would go with Katrin. And again, oh not my that, God, wrong! No, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh my All God! Right, I'm going to tell she you why. Lie and down, she would lie down in the street and say, "Eat me." Maybe that's why, because they would eat her before they ate you. There you go. That's probably why. No, that's so funny you said that. We of had this you, conversation. We, we you know had her better than I do. She's like, yeah. she's like, I would be the last person, but I'd be the first one to die. She'd be <laughs> your food, basically. Yeah, she'd be right. the distraction. Well, that's, that's not why I chose her, but that's that's also helpful, I guess. All right. So go ahead. What what, what was your reason no, before so I, I, I think took the that, hypothetical and made it made it? <laughs> yeah, I I just think I think having you know again I don't I obviously don't know her that well, but I know her. But having watched her develop her finding the right balance between positivity and grit, I think is really hard to do. I think it's easy to over index towards one of those things and lose out on the other. And I think at least again, from my perspective, from the distance that I have, she's been able to find a really interesting blend of those two things such that they make each other better and they don't, they don't hinder the other. Right. That's, 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 from that perspective, you're spot on. Okay. Absolutely. Yes. And also, she'd be good food for the zombies. <laughs> All right. Your turn. And she'd be, she'd be a good roommate, too. She's, she's nice. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, I really like your Matt Fraser choice. Um, the other one is that he would just have an arsenal of weapons. <laughs> yes, that's which also would be, true. Like, so beneficial. Yeah. Um, but Matt is such a competitor. I'm afraid that he might like throw me to the zombies. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go with. Uh, a former CrossFit Games athlete. I hope he, I hope that doesn't isn't hurtful. Um, Josh Bridges. Mm. Um, yep, good call. He's uh, a former Navy SEAL, so yep. he'd have all the tactical side. So he knows how to literally like he's a warrior. So that would be super helpful. Also very fit. Um, also super fun dude to hang out with. Um, so he'd be my guy. And then the girl. Uh, and I, this is a for sure for me. I, I until I would be Sam Briggs. Mm, I, I thought um, about her too, yeah. Sam Briggs is just nails. She yep. is um, like totally up for any fight at any time. Um, <laughs> and she would be, I also think that she's uh, brings kind of the same level of positivity and grit mm. that Katrin does that you're talking about. That she is uh, very much so when you see on the competition floor, like it's all about. Um, she uses competition to see how good she can become. Yep. And she very much wants other athletes to do really well because she knows that's going to make her better. Yep. That in the apocalyptic world, I think would be phenomenal to have that sort of mindset um, and not this like, woe is me or the over the top, what you were saying before, it's like so diehard competitive that it kind of tips over and like um, it becomes sort of disastrous. Yeah. I'm a friend. Those are the 10 questions we have today. Let us know what you think about them out there, this, this episode format, because that was fun for me, but I hope you, hope you enjoyed it. Um, and then we'll be back next week for another episode of Chasing Excellence. 
You can get every episode of Chasing Excellence wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Until next time, thank you for listening.